Hey, so look, if you're at this breakout, you clicked on the option that said the best thing I ever did to grow spiritually. And how many of you are like, huh, that kind of sounds interesting. I'll go to that. How many of you did that? How many, keep your hands up, put your hands up high if you were like, that kind of sounds like an interesting breakout title. I mean, the answer is yes, because you're here. So keep, everyone put your hands in the air. Everyone, everyone clicked. Everyone thought it was a good title. I need this affirmation, please. Okay, <laughs> hands up. Now, put your hand down. Actually, leave your hand up if you would, when you heard that breakout title. What if I had told you it was going to be about journaling? Leave your hand up if you would have still clicked it. That's what I thought. <laughs> So guess why I titled it the best thing I ever did to grow spiritually? Because I wanted to win breakout registrations, and I did. But I did not want to, you to know what I was going to be speaking on, because I knew no one would come. So it's literally the most boring topic of all time. We're going to be talking about journaling. Guys, it's going to be, I, I, yeah, Wegman's already out. See, see ya. There's good breakouts all over the building. Um, if you want to, if you want to leave now, this is actually don't all cry. Um, but okay, we're, we are going to be talking about journaling. I hope it'll be helpful to you guys, and we'll connect it to our theme here in just a second. But how many of you just because now this is random? How many of you journal at all ever under any circumstances for any reason? How many of you feel like that's something that you do sometimes? Nice. Okay, that's a decent percentage. How many of you use a journal? Um, you know, you, how many of you would say it's like a vital part of your relationship with God? Like this is something you do that if you didn't do it, it'd be bad. Okay. A smaller percentage. I uh, understand. How many of you have tried and failed to attempt journaling for spiritual growth and it has not worked? Okay. Yeah, that's, that's valid. Um, how many of you have never done it, but you're like, yeah, I might try it. Okay. That one hand like went up immediately <laughs> and then it was like, no, no, never mind. Okay. We've got some people that might be willing to try it. That's cool. Um, so the question is, why in the world am I giving a breakout on journaling in the middle of a community group leader training? And that's a valid question. Um, what does this have to do with anything? Well, you know, tonight we're focusing on the essential of pursuing Christ. That's what uh, Drew just talked about. So our breakouts and the content that we're delivering across all of our rooms, which they're all recorded, you can access these later. We preach each them all, so I've heard them all. I can tell you genuinely they are fantastic. You have made a terrible selection in being here. But they, you will want to see them. Uh, listen to them. But the content that we're focused on, you know, Drew set the tension, the idea that like we need to pursue Christ. And then these are supposed to get into the nitty gritty of like, how do I really pursue Christ in my own life? Um, and it might sound lame, but it really is true that you cannot be an effective community group leader unless you're growing spiritually. That is absolutely essential unless you're pursuing Christ. So I thought I would give a breakout on literally the single most important way that I grow spiritually. That does not mean it's right for everyone. It doesn't mean it's more biblical. It doesn't mean it's a f- more effective or any more spiritual in any way at all. All I'm trying to say in this breakout, in fact, you can write this down. This is really profound. All I'm trying to say is that journaling works for Aaron. That's the point of this breakout. Journaling works for Aaron. I have no more profound thoughts than that. Um, but my goal is to show you a little bit about journaling as a concept, why it works for me, how I personally journal, and then maybe give you some ideas about what might help you keep going or start journaling for the very first time. Um, so I'd love to hear from you guys at the end. Hopefully we'll have a couple minutes to um, take some questions. And I'd love to hear from some of you who are journaling pros. I'm sure some of you have great insights that I, I could learn from as well. So let's get started. Um, the first thing I think we need to do is we need to, um, the question we need to answer is what is journaling? What is journaling? Um, And I think that that's a valid question actually to ask. 
Um, it sounds simple, but it's actually the cause of some confusion when it comes to this. Because when people say, I journal a lot, or I wish I journaled, or I journal all my ideas for my novel, or I really admire this lady who journals, or I journal during my devotions, or what are you, a pansy? You journal, or you should get a leadership journal. What they mean is, and what, what they mean and what you're picturing are often not the same. When people describe journaling, what they mean and what you're picturing might not be the same. It's kind of like a Pinterest fail. I pulled some of my favorite Pinterest fails. What you see on Pinterest might not be what actually happens in reality. You know, oh, like what they're describing when it comes to journaling might not actually look like this in everyday life. That's like my life. Okay, Cookie Monster, what else do we have? Oh, not so good. And then my personal favorite. <laughs> And what's great about this that you can't see? Oh, oh, we have one more. Yeah, that's right. Oh, can you go back to the one with the minion? What I love about this one is um, you can't see that clock in the back on the stove, but it's like 1135. Some mom was up late, like, this is going to be great for the birthday party tomorrow. Oh, <laughs> sorry, no birthday party, Billy. <laughs> it's canceled. <laughs> but anyway, what, you, what we expect, what people say when they mean journaling isn't always the same as what you're picturing. That's not always how it goes. In fact, you know, and another thing to keep in mind is like hipsters love themselves a journal. You know what I mean? Like it can be really cool. In fact, I want to tell you a true story. I wrote a description in my manuscript. If you know anything about me, every word I'm planning to say tonight is written down. And I wrote down a description of a hipster. And then I Googled hipster. And so the description I wrote down, I just, I have to tell you this before I Google it. I Googled guy with weird, I, I, I wrote down guy with weird facial hair wearing retro glasses and a mustard yellow beanie. And then literally, what's the first photo I Googled and found? Yeah. I am not joking. This literally happened in my life. But so this guy, like this guy is a total hipster, right? And they love journals. They're like, like they, they, you step into a coffee shop all over America, you'll find a guy with like a tattered leather journal and like inside, he's got like a canvas bag that's like really travel worn from patches from various lands that are like roughly sewn into the canvas. And he's got this journal and he's like, yeah, it looks, looks really profound with his latte. And you walk up, you are like, okay, I'm not sure how you're going to write a book with two grocery lists and a quote from Bono and Beyonce, but okay, like you're really into journaling, because they can be kind of trendy in our world right now. The hipsters are really into journaling. But seriously, what you mean by a journal, whether it's just a random log of Bono quotes that you find profound on your trip to Africa, or whether you're writing, you know, grocery lists, or your, your whole spiritual journey, what you mean by it can matter. Some people mean a memoir. Some people mean a to-do list manager. Some people mean the secret and deepest thoughts about their life. Some mean love letters to a crush that they'll never send or a place where they can vent their anger or a place to copy inspirational quotes or to write their sci-fi novel. Or some people do bullet journaling, which is like a whole philosophy. Do we have any bullet journalers in the room? Okay, it's like a whole philosophy of journaling that a few people on our staff are like obsessed with. That's how they get things done. But part of the problem with people going to journal is that they want to journal and they try and fail, but what they're trying to accomplish, they've never defined. It's usually pretty vague. And so we set out with no real plan and then we fail. No surprise. Um, but I wish I could offer you like great clarity about what a journal should always be in every circumstance, but I can't. Well, I'll tell you tonight what I use it for and what I mean by a journal. But in the end, I think that a journal, um, a journal is what a journal is to you. A journal should be what, um, a journal needs to be, what does it say, what you need it to be. Thank you, that's what it is. A journal should be what you need it 
to be. That's the definition of a journal. That's what I think is important for us to understand. Now, that might sound kind of weird. Um, that why, why would I say it that way? But if it's something that we're going to use, we have to be something that we mean, something that we're actually going to do. So a journal is whatever you need it to be. That's the definition um, of a journal. Um, this needs to be something that we have a realistic grasp of something we're actually going to do. So a journal should be what you need it to be. Um, why would we have something that we don't plan to use? So I can't give you a perfect definition of what a journal is. I can say what I think I know um, what has made a journal so popular as a means of self-reflection and growth um, for forever. So a journal is what a journal needs to be. Now, why, why have journals been popular for so long? I think I have a theory on that. And I believe I know what a journal does best, okay? And this is, this is hopefully going to be kind of where we, where we launch from for the rest of this journal. What a journal does best. I think that a journal does better than anything else. What it does is that journals slow you down. Journals slow you down. The human mind is only capable of writing so fast, okay? In fact, not very fast at all. On average, I've scientifically proven that the average, the human hand can write 100 million times slower than it can think. I did make up that number. You are correct. Um, but the fact is, it's way slower. Our hands are not nearly as fast as we can think. In fact, studies have shown that our, our minds are able to process information almost faster than any person can talk, almost twice as fast as any human can talk. We can process information. So our brains are way, 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 way faster than even we can talk. And I'm a fast talker. I can talk way faster than I can write. But the fact is, your hand is just inherently a slow mechanism. It's not something that can work very quickly. There are even people, like, you might be thinking, well, I journal by typing, which, by the way, mutant behavior. I don't understand that at all. I don't know how you sit down at a computer and like pour out your deepest thoughts, but whatever works. But the fact is, I'm a millennial. I can type pretty quickly, and I still can't type nearly as quickly as I can think. And I know that you can't either. And we can type way faster than we can write. Our hands are just stinking slow. And so journaling is itself an inherently slow task, especially when you're writing with your hands on paper. It's just Slow, and that, phys- that simple physical limitation is a huge part of what I believe has made it so effective for so many people for hundreds and thousands of years, in my opinion. Because here's the thing. Thoughtfulness, introspection, insightfulness, good analysis, self-evaluation, deep thinking, those are things that are rarely born out of haste. The first thing you think about a topic is probably not going to be your best thinking. Your gut instinct on a complicated emotional part of your life is probably not going to be as wise as your measured analysis. And this is something that's important to understand. Deep thinking comes at a deliberate pace. Deep thinking comes at a deliberate pace. And I think the reason that we could all think of wise or insightful people in our lives or thoughtful people throughout history that we've known to be paper processors Um, which is my term for, of course, for people who process their feelings on paper. Um, The reason that I think we've known people that are like that is because they tend, either by their nature of their personality being just slow to speak, or because they found a mechanism by which they slow themselves down, they have a a mechanism by which they can second-guess their own thinking. I do this all the time as I'm journaling. I'm not calling myself wise or profound. I'm just saying that this is true of many people who who have been that have gone before us in terms of this journaling mechanism is you're writing, and this happens if you're a journaler, you've experienced this. You're writing and you go, wait, what? I think that? 
Like, I just wrote this, and I'm like, that is the most sinful thing I've ever heard. Okay, and then I just keep writing. Because the first thing that we think as we put it on paper, wise, careful people have the opportunity to second-guess themselves. Why would I think that way? Do I really believe that? And I believe that's a huge part of why journaling has been a favorite for so many people for so long is it just slows down your brain. It forces you to think at the speed of your hand, not at the speed of your neural pathways. So I, I believe journaling does better than anything is journaling slows you down. But I do think that there's more to it than that. Because I think I can suggest, almost no matter who you are, if you're in this room today, I think I can suggest that you are going too fast. You're going too fast. I don't mean that you have too much on your plate. I don't mean that you're too busy. I don't mean that you have too many friends on Facebook. I don't mean that you have too many appointments. I mean that you're thinking too quickly about your life, about your spiritual growth, about the complexities of your emotional and your spiritual world. And I know that that might sound kind of rich coming from me because I'm a pretty high energy person. Um, I talk really fast. I'm a verbal processor, so the first thing I'm thinking is like already out of my mouth. (laughs) And then also I'm a male, and we aren't necessarily known for being like the most profound of people. We just like rush forward and do things oftentimes. And that's going to be kind of the way that we are. But um, none, none of the things, none of what you might look at me and imag- immediately imagine is that I would be really into slow cognitive processes. But I really do believe that the reason that God has used journaling in my life so much is because I desperately needed something that would cause me to slow down when it comes to my spiritual life. I cannot afford to rush this. And I don't think you can either. We can't afford to rush the kind of thinking and introspection and analysis of God's word that is a vital and necessary part of our spiritual growth. Um, here's a little bit of a nerd alert. I, uh, I love Lord of the Rings. Do we have any Lord of the Rings fans? L-O-T-R. Come on. Guys, don't. Come on. Loud and proud. Hands in the air. Let's go. This is the youth group room. We need a little bit of interaction. Lord of the Rings fans. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I just... I just reread uh, Lord of the Rings this past year, and um, there are these characters in Lord of the Rings. If you've seen them, you, they're pretty memorable. Their names, they're called Ents, Ents, E-N-T-S. They are tree-like creatures who have been given the gift of life and speech and movement, and um, they are notoriously slow. Everything they do is slow. They move slow. They think slow. They grow slow. They talk slow. Their language literally takes like there's at one point where it takes like days for them to basically, they have a meeting, it takes them like days to say, hi, let's have a meeting. <laughs> it takes them like forever, their language is inherently slow. And one of the things that they say all the time whenever they interact with hobbits, who are creatures that are known for being really mischievous and immature all the time, is they say this phrase. Maybe if you're a Lord of the Rings fan, you would know this phrase. They always say to them when they're interacting, do you know this part? Don't be hasty. Does that sound familiar if you've seen the movies? Don't be hasty. Treebeard says that to Merry and Pippin as they're in Fangorn Forest. I told you it was a nerd alert. Okay. Um, but don't be hasty. They're always, they always caution the other characters in the story. Like, look, slow down as you're analyzing this. Take a deep breath. We got to look at the big picture. We got to analyze this. And for me personally, I need Treebeard in my life. I need that reminder I might as well have don't be hasty written on every page of every journal of my life because that's the function that a journal plays in my life. 
I really do think that one of the best functions of journaling is that it takes our minds, which are completely overrun with grocery lists and with projects and insults from last week that are still bothering us and distractions on our phone and the buzzing and the thing that just came into my watch and the show that was on TV and the fly that's still buzzing around that I can't seem to kill and the microwave mentality that I bring to all of my life in general where I want it now and it's got to be hot. Instant gratification is everywhere. It takes our mind from that space and gives them the opportunity to slow down, to be quiet, and to be still. It forces your brain, which I think genuinely your brain probably needs to run at 10,000 RPM to keep up with the life that you've got right now. It slowly lowers the engine speed and gets it down to a place where careful biblical thinking can happen. It's like our brain is, um, have you ever seen those runaway truck ramps on a mountain? You're driving down, maybe down south or in a mountainous region, and you're driving down a hill, and you'll see off to the right, there's these runaway truck ramps. They're like super well lit and signs everywhere telling you that this runaway truck is their ramp. And it's just like, as the road is going down, it's just a steep incline off the road, and it's basically like six feet deep of sand. So a truck can just like run up that ramp, and it'll slow it down. It forces the truck to slow down. Even though that's something it would never do on its own, that thing has so much momentum, it's just getting pulled down to the the bottom. But that truck, that on-ramp, that off-ramp is a place for it to slow down. Journaling does that. Or at least I should say it does that for me. And I would say that depending on your personality or your approach to your time with God, you need to slow down. You're going too fast. Perhaps one of the reasons that you haven't found time with God to be very meaningful to this point in your life is that you haven't slowed down enough. You might be taking 30, 40 minutes, an hour. That's a long time. But if you aren't ever getting slow, then you aren't getting profound in your interactions with God. You might just be going too fast. And look, I'm not saying that you need to journal. Because there might be something else that you've used that works well for you, that slows you down. I'm just saying you need to find a way to slow down, and journaling does that a great, journaling offers a great way to do that because your hand on paper is an inherently slow action. In fact, I would suggest that one of the reasons, this is, I think this is important, one of the reasons that many people have given up on journaling is the exact reason that it's helpful. All right, so maybe you tried journaling and you failed. Hopefully you'll resonate with this because people give up on journaling most of the time because they find it cumbersome. You start thinking or you start praying and you're starting to write and you're writing and writing and you just can't keep up. You're like thinking, you're like three thoughts of where you are and you're like writing and writing and writing, trying to keep up and then your handwriting gets worse and worse and worse as you're going and eventually you're like switching to your non-dominant hand and still trying to keep up and there's this frustration and you're like, ah, you know what? This doesn't work for me. I'm not a journaler. I would suggest that that is the exact feeling that you need to lean into, not away from. That feeling of frustration is one of the things that journaling does best. Rather than stopping journaling because that feeling frustrates you, I would say that you're probably a perfect candidate for more journaling because it means that you can't take five minutes of your brain slowing down to a lower gear, which means that you're going to have a hard time doing real heart-level introspection and analysis of God's Word. Again, I'm not saying everyone should journal, but I am saying that it's likely that every American adult could use some time where their brain slows down to a distraction-free place where it's focused. And in order to do that, I believe you need to slow down. And journaling might be a great way for you to do that. 
If you're looking for a reason to start journaling, I believe that's the best I can offer you is that you need to slow down, to push past your restlessness, to push past distraction, to push past your shallow thinking and have some insightful, introspective, helpful times in God's word or prayer. But let me tell you, there are some bad reasons to start journaling. So let me give you some bad reasons to start journaling. Here are just a few of them. First of all, bad reason to journal number one is that because spiritual people do it. Because spiritual people do it. I could have written because Jesus did it. Um, We have no record of Jesus ever doing this, okay? Um, I have intentionally not told you about a single great leader of the faith who was an avid journaler. I have not told you about a missionary biography that was written from like the burned pages of a man who poured his soul onto the paper and they recovered it after his death and they published this incredible work because he thought these amazing thoughts at like 4 a.m. when he hadn't even had coffee and he was just like writing these thoughts and like, I've never thought anything that cool and that guy like wrote that in some journal he intended to throw away like, holy crap. These people are so spiritual, right? That's sometimes how we can think about it. I haven't mentioned any of that because I think that journaling because other people do it is a really dumb reason to journal. Journaling is not biblical. It's not commanded by God. It's just a thing that you could potentially do if you'd like. So if it works, great. If it doesn't, then don't do it. Don't be pressured into it. Don't like read some biography of some great leader who did it and be like, I'm going to become a journaler because more than likely that'll be bad motivation. Bad reason number one, because spiritual people do it. Second of all, because I want someone to write a biography about me someday. Why do I have to explain this? People who want biographies written about them, um, they write their own. They're called autobiographies. Okay, just a little tip there. Also, important people who have had their lives written about after they were dead, most of the time they didn't journal because they were like, it'll be important for posterity that my everyday events were recorded. That's usually not why they journal. I just read a great biography on Dietrich Bonhoeffer, um, the uh, German leader during uh, World War II. He was a pastor who stood up um, against Hitler, and it's an incredible biography by Eric Metaxas. But there are huge chunks of Dietrich Bonhoeffer's life where we don't know anything. Like very important chunks of his life where we, li- we literally don't know a single thing because so much of what his life has been reconstructed from his journals. And there were months where he didn't touch them. Well, why would that happen? Well, because he didn't write in his journal because he wanted people to know what he did every day and what he ate for lunch. He wrote in his journal because he wanted to be introspective, to slow his mind down, to engage with God in a new way where he was distraction-free. And so he wasn't journaling so that people would remember his life. That's why he didn't record. There are huge gaps in his life. Who writes down every single thing that they do every single day? That would be so tedious and annoying. Don't do that, okay? That, more than anything, that will just kill your commitment level to this because that will be so much work. So um, there's no mention of, of big events. In fact, I would even say in my journals as I look back at them, there's no mention of major life events like, for instance, my wedding Uh (laughs) uh-oh, there's no mention of like the birth of our first son or graduating from college. There's like huge parts of my life that that aren't mentioned in my journal because if you're trying to just record every detail, you'll be exhausted. Uh, Reason number three, that's a bad reason to journal, because I'm undisciplined and I want to be disciplined. I applaud your desire to be disciplined. I also need to be more disciplined. Um, And perhaps it is true that journaling could keep you on track, but the fact is journaling is work. So it's not going to be any easier to start journaling every day than it would be to start reading your Bible every day or to work out every day. This is not a magic wand. Um, It won't overcome a lack of discipline. It's hard like every other habit that's ever been a thing, okay? So don't start it thinking that it's going to be the thing that solves all your problems. 
Okay, so those are my three bad reasons not to journal. Um, because spiritual people do it, because I want someone to write a biography about me someday, and because I'm undisciplined and I want to be disciplined. Um, I already told you the reason that I think you should consider journaling, which is that it will slow you down. Um, and those are some of my big picture thoughts. But I, what I want to do now is to show you, and this might be, maybe this is a little weird or too personal or whatever, but I want to show you how I personally journal. Um, this is not intended to be a formula for you. I don't even think that what I do is cool or insightful or unique in any way. I just know that when I hear someone speak about something, I like to get kind of a practical sense of, of what they mean when they're talking. So I figured I'd give you a glimpse into my journaling world. You can decide how it's, whether or not it's helpful. Um, how I got into journaling in the first place? Well, my brother, uh, gave, my older brother, who's been a big influence on my life, when I was a junior in high school, he gave me my very first journal, which is right here. And um, he gave it to me, and he said, hey, man, I journal. Maybe you should journal. That was it. <laughs> that was the whole interaction. I'm fairly certain he actually just had an extra journal on the shelf because he was preparing to finish one, and he was like, it's his birthday. Here's a journal. <laughs> he had no idea that he was changing the trajectory of my life spiritually, and I, I don't say that with an exaggeration at all. Um, who I am today is in large measure due to what my brother gave me when I was a junior in high school. Um, this, this stack of journals, which I have... Um, there are nine of them he eight of them here. I have nine. One of them I lost. I had one page left. Put it on top of my car. Drove away. Journal number six is dedicated in loving memory of journal number five. <laughs> but um, journaling, literally, it's the only way that I can pray for more than about 30 seconds. It's the only way I can meditate on scripture, whatever that means, for more than 40 seconds. It's been, it's been an ever-evolving process for me. If you were to look at my first couple journals, they don't look the way that my journals look today. Um, but it's been, I cannot overstate um, the importance of journaling in my life spiritually. And um, I'll talk more about how I keep on track with that in just a little bit. But I, at some point along the way, I began to define my journal this way. What is my journal? For me, my journal is prayerful meditation on life's events through the lens of God's word. Prayerful meditation on life's events through the lens of God's word. Now, what do I mean by on through life's events? Well, obviously, I don't write down every single detail of my life. I already mentioned I've missed huge portions of my life, huge milestones. But I do tend to, uh, I'm just basically reflecting on various Bible passages. And at times, I'm choosing Bible passages that feel relevant to what's going on in my life. So that's kind of how I'm meditating on scripture through, um, I mean, meditating on life's events through the lens of God's word. Sometimes God just connects those two. Like, I didn't intend that this passage that I was reading because I was just working through a book ended up being super relevant. I'm sure many of you have had experiences like that where you're reading your Bible like, no way. Like, God's so cool that he connected this in my life at this moment. Um, but I'll say it's prayerful. So prayerful meditation on life's events. Prayerful, first of all, because I do often write out random prayers as part of my process, which I'll, I'll show you here um, in a second. It's also meditation. Meditation really just means to turn something over, to think on it. It doesn't have to involve humming or like sitting, you know, crisscross applesauce with your, your finger and index thumb. What is this called? This is your index finger and your thumb. Um, to connect it and like, mm, that's not what meditation is. It's kind of been like hijacked by Eastern religions in some ways. But really, meditating just means to think about something, to turn it over. And so I try to turn over God's word in my head um, as I'm meditating on what it says and uh, think about it through the lens of whatever it is that I'm experiencing in life. So I have an order uh, that I journal in every day. 
Um, and I, you can write these down. It, this might be helpful to you as you begin to journal. So I go in th- these four things in order. I first start with journal, and then I pray, and then I read, and then I journal. So journal, pray, read, journal. That's kind of the formula that I follow whenever I journal. And I want to grab um, an excerpt here from my journal, which I put on all of your sheets. This, you know, you might be like, what the world, what is this? We're not going to read this whole thing, and don't when you read this, please don't expect that there's going to be like something cool or profound. There's not, all right? I, I honestly wrote this. Though I, I, I gave this, this talk for the first time on Tuesday, July the 31st, so I copied the day before's journal entry. It was just a random example, okay? There's nothing cool or profound in here. But the way that I handle journaling is that I begin by just journaling. I just start writing things. Whatever comes to my mind, I'm just trying to create a speed bump in my morning. So sometimes I'm writing about the Red Sox and whether or not they won last night. Sometimes I'm writing about whatever it is that I did or didn't eat um, that morning. Or sometimes I'm writing about, you know, what, whatever. Uh, literally the, the fly that I can't seem to kill that's in our living room. Like, it's like this prehistoric dinosaur fly that literally has been there, feels like, for months. Um, so whatever it is, I'm just writing about that. In, in this excerpt here, on Monday, July the 30th, you can see I wrote something super profound to start off my journal. I can't believe it's almost August. I say this at the end of every month, basically, but I really can't believe how fast it goes. Grayson is growing up. I'm growing old. Time is racing. Apparently, I forgot how to write there for a second. Time is, growing, time is racing by. I'm a product of the things I do every day. I pray they're the right things. I have no idea why I wrote that or what that means. That's not important. The point is I'm starting by just creating a speed bump. It doesn't need to be profound. I'm just trying to like, sometimes it's a grocery list or to-do list. I'm just trying to clear my mind to begin to slow my RPMs. And now that I've slowed down a little bit, the next thing that I often do is pray. You don't see anything in my journal here because I'll just pray. I have a number of things that I pray for every single day. And I'll pray through those as, sometimes as quickly as I can, as long as my focus will allow. I'll pray. And then the next step is, um, I can pray for a little bit. The next thing is prayer. I'm sorry, read, <laughs> read. You can see I wrote 1 Samuel 3 there. I was, I'm working through 1 Samuel right now in my devotions. And I read 1 Samuel chapter 3. I just write that down and I read all the way through. I don't know about you, but when I read the Bible, if I just like sat down on the couch in the morning, flipped open my Bible and started reading, I would get about four words in before my mind would be somewhere else, right? Have you ever experienced this? Can someone please raise their hand and make me feel like I'm not alone in that? Preach, okay. So that's my experience, and that's why I journal first. Slow down, slow down, slow down. Truck ramp, I'm going a million miles an hour. Slow down, and then I can finally actually read and understand something. So then I read. I read the Bible. I, use, I tend to read small chunks, um, and I'll talk about that more a little bit later, but I tend to not read large chunks of the Bible. This was a chapter that's actually pretty long for me. So I read a, a small chunk, and then I journal. I read, and then I respond to what I just read. And so what you're going to see if you can't really tell, but it's page 51 in the bottom of the first right. From there to there, there, and then the top of this next page. That's just me responding to what I read. There are times, in fact, I gave you an example of this, where my journaling, it says 2010 right there. This is a super angsty college journal entry I found from 2010, Wednesday, February 4th. Sometimes my journaling is so profound, it takes a grand total of two lines which was worst day in recorded history. <laughs> I don't know why it's so dramatic. I wrote that in my journal, worst day in recorded history. How selfish is that? And then, and I didn't even do devotion. So like the next day I came back and added that line because all I wrote in my journal was worst day in recorded history. That's apparently as far as I got. So don't be impressed like, oh wow, look at all these pages. Some days it's literally one line. Sometimes it's nothing. I have journal entries where I write the date and I never got around to writing anything. So I just like, I don't know, double line, next day, here we go. 
It doesn't have to be profound, and I think that's an important part of this. But I journal just responding to what I read. I do basically Bible study, analysis, observation. I'm just applying it or thinking it through. Um, in fact, here's a good example of this. Uh, if you look on page 53, it looks like, uh, which is the right side of the second page. The second, yeah, the right side of the second page, uh, second paragraph. I write, how must Hannah and Elkanah be feeling? Hannah and Elkanah are the parents of Samuel. They must have been so proud of their son who was found willing and worthy to carry out this vital and important role. Because this is an observation about what's going on in Samuel's life. Then look what I write next. Lord, please help me to be the kind of dad who's laser-focused on preparing my children to be willing and worthy tools in your hands, arrows that you can shoot out into doing your work, which is a weird analogy that I don't understand. May that be my goal, and may it come to pass. I decided to write in the King James there for a sentence. So I'm making fun of myself because you can see I I had a random observation about the text. I just prayed this prayer, and then I'm back to, I really respect Eli's response here. While he has failed as a father majorly, blah, 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 and I'm just going on to respond to the thing. Do you see how it's just, it's in and out. It's meditation. I'm praying. I'm responding. I'm doing Bible study, blah, blah, blah. I'm just writing as much as I can to interact and meditate, to turn over the text of Scripture. Now, I will admit, this is a time-consuming process. When this goes right, this goes for about 30 minutes for me on a given morning. You can clearly see it's not true every single day. Um, this, but this is a big part of why I don't love long Bible reading plans. I, how many of you, you know, we did the Sacred Rhythms reading challenge. We had that New Testament reading challenge. I did that with the church, and that was it's really good for me to, you know, big, read big chunks of Scripture. But I'll say, um, those aren't great for me spiritually because I never slow down. I always feel guilty, like, ah, oh, I should do more, read through the Bible plans. But the fact is, all I do is read. That takes me 20, 25 minutes to do that plan. And then I'm out of time. And I never slow down. And I never journal. Um, And so I don't learn very much. For me, it's much better personally if I can go through these four steps as often as I can and just read a smaller chunk. Um, And I'll say this just to, to clarify. It takes me about 30 minutes. But my goal is three times a week. The guys in my community group will tell you that that's what they're asking me about all the time. Like, how'd you do on your three times a week? I meet with Scott Bixby on a weekly basis, and we talk about journaling um, as part of my spiritual growth. My goal is three times a week. That might be disappointing to you. You might think, like, oh, wow, he's a pastor. Like, I would expect maybe more from that. But um, I'm often more. I am sometimes less. But this is an important thing to me. And when I was trying to do this every day, no matter what my morning looked like or no matter how early I had to be somewhere, um, to do this whole process... Um, I felt so guilty, and I was defeated a lot throughout my life. And so I've realized that for me, it's better to set a realistic goal to go all the way through that process only, four t- only three times a week. Um, because I found that it's, more, it's better for me to set a realistic goal that I hit, that I feel good about, than to set this unreachable goal that I'm never actually going to achieve. That doesn't mean I don't spend time with God every day. It just means I'm only doing that process probably three times a week. So I would just say, as you're getting started with this, give yourself a break if you must. It was a big breakthrough for me when I recognized that this was something I needed. I need it. And if I don't do this, I will not grow like I should. But then secondly, pressing pause for a while doesn't mean I'm a quitter or that I'm not a journaler anymore. Um, In that 60-day New Testament reading plan, like I said, I literally didn't touch my journal for 60 days in a row. That's a dangerous practice for me spiritually in the long term. But I was just setting it aside for a spiritual time. I mean, for a small period of time in order to do something else um, important. But I had to realize it doesn't make me a quitter. I don't have to give up on journaling just because I took a break. So my final tip for you will be this. And I promise we're going to be done. Goodness gracious. Thank you for staying awake as much as you can. My final thought would be find personal motivators to journal. 
if you want to get into this, if you want to get into journaling, I personally think it would be valuable for you. Find something that motivates you and then lean into that. For me, this is extremely lame, but it's important that I buy the nice version of this journal for me to stay motivated. You can buy this journal from Amazon, the Amazon Basics version, for like $12.99. Lauren can tell you, I regularly buy the nicer version from like, I don't know how to say the company's name, like Moleskine or Moleskine. I've heard it pronounced in various ways. This is like $22.50. It's more expensive. My natural inclination would be to buy the cheap one. But my brother started me with the nice one, and I'm nine of them in. And if I got a different one, like literally, you give me an Amazon Basics one, it's going right in the trash. I'm not using that nonsense. Because it, it's a personal motivator to me that I've got a bunch of these bad boys, and they all look exactly the same. That matters to me, as silly as that is. Or, for instance, I also, I am very specific about pens. This is a pen that I carry with me all the time. Um, this is not the pen I use to journal. And I have a pen, which is sitting with my Bible at home where I'm going to be journaling tomorrow morning, a Sharpie pen that's always just like clipped to this little elastic band because that pen is the best kind of pen for the consistency and the smoothness of this paper. (laughs) If I use another pen, which I have on occasion, I hate journaling. It's just like my whole life was like melts into this pile of hatred. So... For me, it matters that I'm using a Sharpie pen in a moleskin journal. That's a personal motivator for me, and I'm not going to back away from it. For the rest of my life, I don't care how poor we are, we're buying moleskins (laughs) because it matters to me. And here's the other thing. I had like a philosophical shift somewhere a few years ago where I used to write the page number in the center, and I I switched. I now write it on the edges, which was a big big philosophical shift for me. that consistency over time really does matter. I also have like a color-coded system of like, you don't need to know all that, okay. But here's the thing, I love rhythms, I love routines, I love ruts, I love doing the same thing every day. If my job could be the same thing all day, every day for the rest of my life, I would be so happy. Scott keeps changing stuff on me, he's driving me nuts. But I love ruts, I love just like, oh, this is the same. (laughs) That's just great. And that's very motivating to me. I know it's dumb, I know it's silly. But find what it is for you. I was just talking to Molly before this thing started, and she was talking about how, like, oh, I can't do spiral bound, and I can't, you know, like, find your little nitpicky thing and be okay with that. Like, you're talking about your spiritual growth. Find something. If you're you, it's like, man, I just, I love, if I can just have, like, a cup of coffee with this in the morning, and, like, I'll take a photo, and I get to put it on Instagram every day. Well, if that's your personal motivator, go for it, okay? Like, post your coffee and Jesus time thing every day. Or whatever it is for you, if it's a specific journal, a specific room in the house, if you've got to remove some furniture, um, Lauren, actually, she's a, she's a journaler as well. We, we set up, we just like rearranged furniture we already had and turned a bench sideways that's supposed to be a different way. We turned it into a little coffee station in our house for zero dollars. And she can get up in the morning without even leaving our room, and she can already begin to have coffee and begin her time um, with, with Jesus before Grayson's awake. Like, that was a, it's a personal motivator for her. It's something that has helped her um, engage in that way. What is it for you? Find that thing and lean into it to be 100% unashamed about the fact that you have to buy a $250 fountain pen before you can journal. That's not really mine. Mine's are Sharpie pens. Okay, don't get, don't get crazy. Okay. But seriously, find your personal motivators, and I believe that the biggest thing that could help you is that you will find that perhaps for years you've been trying to engage with God, wondering why you don't feel anything, only to discover that the difference has been you've never gotten slow. And I'll tell you, I've, I don't think I've ever given, written a talk for Sunday morning or for youth group 
or um, even had like an important, maybe Lauren and I had an argument and the next day I'm processing it. I've never had a profound breakthrough in my life that didn't come as a result of the fact that I had to slow down. And I think that you might need that too. All right, thanks. It is 7.12. We have three minutes for questions before I scream. No, but seriously, we can be, I'm going to pray and we can wrap up. And if you guys, um, if you have questions or we can pull some people up who like to journal, maybe you guys have some thoughts you can share with the room. But let me pray for us. Uh, God, I pray that we would uh, engage with you. That's really the goal, that we need to pursue you. If we're going to be effective group leaders, uh, we got to find a way to engage with you every day. And I pray that you would help these people find what it is for them. And whether it's journaling or not, maybe it's important that they not journal for them to grow. That's fine. But I just pray that we would all be pursuing you every day so that we can be more like your son, who you were willing to send to die for us. In Christ's name, amen. Um, I, I have a full view of the lobby, so I can tell you that there's nobody out there right now. Um, anybody who is a journaler, do you guys have thoughts that you would want to add? Or maybe if you have questions about um, how I do it or how others do it, let's, let's take a couple minutes and do that. Pen matters. How many of you are like pen matters and just everyday life type people? Come on. Yes. All these people using like random, like 10 cent pens, ridiculous, Bic ballpoints, no. Paper mate flares, ooh, okay, nice. Anybody zebras? We got any zebra users? Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Charlie, appreciate that. Do I ever journal at night? Good question. I don't, I usually find that by the time I get to bed, I don't have much profound to say or think. Um, I journal first thing in the morning. Me. Some people, like, that's their best time of thinking. I'm usually Red Sox and falling asleep to the Red Sox. It's <laughs> about all I can muster. Uh, you that are journalers, what do you have to add that you feel like has been helpful to you? What's a tip? I definitely, I found, I'll, like you said, I'll just start with, like, chapter 1, verse 1, and I just start writing and see if anything happens. If nothing else, I'll actually read the words rather than, like, skim, 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 skim. You know, um, she was just mentioning that she reads them and goes back and, like, is impressed by the things that God has done. I'll admit I'm not good at that at all. I'm a little embarrassed about them. I'm kind of hoping that they're burned the moment I'm dead. Um, I, I, they're not, like, I usually don't just, like, pour back over their pages, mostly because there's a lot of nonsense in here. Like, you can see, when you read this, you're going to be like, what in the world? Um, if you read it, if you're extremely bored to fall asleep to, but like there's a lot of nonsense. For me, I don't, do you, what do you, what do, you do? I, I know a lot of people find that extremely helpful. I wish I did. I think, I think if I weren't, uh, sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't want to read it. I'm not going to do it. I'm too scared. <laughs> so that's why I don't, because I, I know there's a lot of sin and nonsense in, in here. But for some people, they're writing things like gratitude or prayer requests, and that's an awesome way. I have, um, I've been doing this since 2008. So for the last 10 years, and I have nine. Yeah, I mean, I, I only have four, but RIP number five. So, right, yeah. So basically, it's, it's been close to about one a year. Things like the 60-day challenge kind of set me back. <laughs> Always the same journal, though, please. Don't ever give me an Amazon Basics. Yeah, that's the advantage, definitely, of having a place that you consistently write in. Yeah, that's good. Hey guys, thank you. If you, you know, if we have like a journalers club that want to gather up and share best practices, go for it. Um, but the ice cream is there, which at the end of the day, you don't need any journal to tell you that's going to be delish. So thanks guys for coming. Thank you for leading in your groups. We're looking forward to a great trimester and uh, thanks for coming out. Enjoy some ice cream.